0: First Alliance Credit Union. Welcome to Good Money Moves, featuring Jenna Tobel from First Alliance Credit Union and Andy Brownell. Here's Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM.
1: Good morning. It's time for Good Money Moves. I'm Andy Brownell on News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM, and I'm joined by Jenna Tobel. Director of Brand and Digital Member Experience with First Alliance Credit Union. Good morning, Jenna. You brought us a guest.
2: Yes, yes I did. I have uh, Sharzada Jensen with us today. She's one of our home lending advisors here at First Alliance Credit Union.
1: Well, good morning, Sharzada.
3: Hey, good morning. Thank you for having
1: me. Oh yeah, glad to have you here. So last week, Our last episode, we talked about financial burnout and how to tell if you are suffering from burnout and what you can do about it. What are we gonna talk about today on Good Money Moves, Jenna?
2: Well, uh, you know, as you know, we have a wonderfully diverse community here in the Rochester area. Um, And what that means that there are actually a lot of different ways that people experience managing their money, especially if they're new to our country. Um, so, there's a lot of things you kind of take for granted having grown up here and learning the financial system and all of the bells and whistles that come with it, right? Um, but that's not, that's a lot of learning to have to do when you just move here. So, today I've asked Shirzada from our real estate team to join us um, and to talk a little bit about her immigration story, um, what it was like to come here to the US um, and get established financially. Um, she's originally from Mexico and moved here just over eight years ago now and has recently become a US citizen officially, which we were all very excited for her when that happened. Um, so for now, I'm gonna stop talking and I'm gonna turn it over to Sherzada to talk just a little bit more about, you know, what it was like to move from another country and kind of talk a little bit about what brought her to the US in the first place and, and specifically really the Rochester, Minnesota area. So, Sherzada.
3: Question. <laughs> so, I came to United States almost nine years ago. Um, I just came to visit my brother and I was supposed to be here only for two weeks. Vacation was only two weeks and then I met my soulmate who is now my husband. <laughs> and nine years later, oh, almost nine years later, I'm still here. <laughs>
1: Fantastic. Um,
3: Yeah. So we were living in Austin and then we moved to Rochester shortly after that. Since then, I just fell in love with the city and haven't left since then.
1: (laughs) So how does the process work from, I guess, entering the country? You came in for a vacation and what do you have to do to go through just so you could stay?
3: So, I came as a tourist. You have to have your visa as a tourist person and then, um, in this case, since I got married, uh, my husband is the one who initiated the petition for, for me to become, um, to have a green card. And then I have to apply for the work permit because, of course, I could not work during that time. So, it was like a little over a year that
1: I was not working. For me. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the vacation was um, more than two weeks. <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah. I was still working uh remote until, well, I my husband and I decided that I was uh, just staying here, so I had to quit on my job in Mexico. Um but yeah.
1: It sounds like an awful lot of paperwork.
3: It is. It is a lot of paperwork, a lot, a lot of forms um initially we were trying with a lawyer who wanted to charge us like three or four thousand dollars to do the process for us and well my husband was like well we're not that rich (laughs) so we're gonna have just to go through the website and the uscis website has all the information on what you need to do step by step and we pretty much fill up all the color documents uh, by ourselves and yeah turned out good
1: (laughs) well that's well great and when you came to the U.S., were you um, were you proficient in English, or was it uh, a, was the language an issue?
3: I was not. Uh, I did not speak English. So you will say, "How were you communicating with your husband?" Yeah. <laughs> so when we were dating, we were communicating using our phones and Google Translator. Oh my
2: so
1: God! That
3: was a way to communicate.
1: <laughs> oh really? Did that create any misunderstandings? Does but Google's not but perfect.
3: it was fun. It, it was fun misunderstandings that sometimes um, a family of mine, like they could speak both languages, were like clarifying what was needed to say. But yeah, I still remember one of the things that um, the day that my husband asked for my hand to my parents, we were like on Skype, and I don't, I, didn't, I, I don't. I don't know exactly where the translation got lost, but he was trying to ask my parents like if he could marry me. And instead of that, he was just looking to my mom and he's like, Can <laughs> I marry you? Oh, <laughs> oh no. no. <laughs> 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 of course he said that in Spanish, but it it was a very fun.
1: Oh, that's funny. Fun. I love that story. Yeah. How long did it take you to Master the language. You, you're you're very good at your English.
3: Thank you. I'm still working on it. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I focused when I moved here was to learn English. And I did that through classes that in Austin, Minnesota, they have a, a school for adult people to learn English. And then when I moved to Rochester, I can't recall right now the name of the school, but it's by what used to be Kmart. Sure. Um, and they they have classes for absolutely anyone um so with them the classes are free you have the opportunity to meet people pretty much from anywhere any country you can imagine you will find someone there also learning uh with you and it is a motivation when you meet people from other countries because uh then you try harder to have to try to communicate yourself with them and try to understand why they want to communicate with you. So I don't know, I just find very beautiful how the English language becomes that thing on common and what that connects us all. Now that's what allow, it's allowing me to talk to both of you. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. I, I do love the name of the school, it's Hawthorne. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. So you mentioned you worked remotely. Yeah. With the job you had in Mexico yes was were you doing similar work
3: no so i have my uh bachelor degree on graphic design and communication with a master in marketing so of course for that in order to move like here you had to speak english and i did not speak english so that was not an opportunity for me to be able to explore that area um so while I was still learning English, I had the opportunity to start with the financial world and since then I'm still here in the financial world that I really, really enjoy. Um, but yeah, that's, that was the little change there. I, was, I think it was meant to be. I really, truly enjoy what I do.
1: Well, that's yes. great. I just love a story like yours, right? So your US citizenship. Yes. I, I mean, how, that's gotta be a process. It's, it's difficult i, I imagine <laughs> mm-hmm. you 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 probably know more about our government system than most people who were born here do i gather that is
3: a good point yes my husband yeah. was helping me through the whole process to get the citizenship um and i remember because they give you like over the 100 questions that you have to know about history about Poetic, um ethic, everything you can imagine, and he was like, "Wait a minute! I don't even remember looking this at school. Why are they asking <laughs> me you? You know more <laughs> about this than I do." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, you have to learn definitely more more than than a regular person."
1: <laughs> How long does it take from when you start that process to when you actually take go to the ceremony?
3: So it is a. I, I think my process was impacted because it was during the whole pandemic um thing, Oh sure. So it was most likely a little longer than what it is supposed to be. Um one of that was that um I had to like I, I did the, I applied for so let me start from scratch. <laughs> okay. So when I got married, after I got my green card and my work permit, um, I had to be renewing that every two years. And then after that, I decided to apply for the U.S. citizenship. Um, and then pandemic happened and it took probably a year and a half I did not hear nothing back from them. And then my green card was already expired. So I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get the part that one (laughs) way ticket to (laughs) Mexico. And pretty much like my whole life here and my daughter and my husband. Um, But I mean, everything turned out good after that. The the ceremony is uh, simple. They have the whole thing there. And I remember when I went to my brother's ceremony, they have them like sitting down and waiting like in a nice area for us. We just moved by little groups because of the safety distance and that in that.
1: Oh, man. And they kept
3: sure. us like standing up during the whole ceremony, which I regret very, very, very much because I was wearing like high heels. I just wanted to feel like super, super amazing that day. And I yeah. pretty much dressed up and everything good. And then it was like almost an hour standing on my high heels. I was like, uh-huh. Oh, no! <laughs> but it was well worth it. Now I can say that I'm probably a US citizen.
1: That's a it's an incredible story. You said you have a daughter here in the United States too.
3: Yes, she is born and raised here in the United States. She's now 3 years old. Oh, fun. We have another one on the way, but it's going to yes. be here in oh. December.
1: <laughs> well, congratulations. Thank you. All right. Well, you know what? We'll take a break and maybe we'll <laughs> get to the financial part of this business and mm-hmm. how, how you adapted to the U.S. financial system after moving here from Mexico. I'm interested to hear how that went, Absolutely. especially with all the documentation. It's, I have to produce documentation to open up an account and half the time. I can't find it. <laughs> so we'll continue with this. Uh, on Good Money Moves this morning here at News Talk 1340,
0: KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good Money Moves continues in moments with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union. This is News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Kids, everyone get up and dance. And Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union on Rochester's News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM.
1: Welcome back to Good Money Moves A special program today. We're talking to Sherizadeh Jensen with First Alliance Credit Union. New U.S. citizen. Uh, Well, Sherizadeh, how long have you been a a citizen now? I will make one year next month. Okay, so very new citizen. Along with Jenna Tabal, of course, from First Alliance Credit Union. But this show is all about finances and meeting your financial goals. And I guess what I I'll throw it out there what kind of challenges did you face and what kind of challenges would any immigrant face in opening up accounts and doing all of the sort of financial things you need to do in this country to to get ahead and move forward
2: yeah that's a that's a great question and before Shirzada kind of jumps in with what her, her actual experience was. I just want to take a minute to kind of point out that there are a little bit of kind of different types of documentation to opening a, a banking account that you would need um, if you are not a US citizen yet, but you're still, you know, you're still allowed in, you know, legally allowed in the country, all that stuff. You still have to have certain documentation to open accounts and manage your finances while you're here. And so some of those things are very similar to whether, regardless of your citizenship status. Um, but there's kind of one key difference, um, and that is the difference between using a social security number or using what's known as an ITIN number. And now some non citizens will have social security numbers if they're a lot, you know, legally authorized to work in the United States, however, not everybody who comes to the United States is authorized to work. They don't have a work visa necessarily, but they still need an identification number to allow them to move through life in the United States, right? You think of all the things that you're asked to provide your social security number for that isn't necessarily tax or work related. So that's where this number called the individual taxpayer identification number comes in for a lot of um, people in the United States who aren't yet citizens. And so kind of a short term for that is called an ITIN. It's essentially just a tax processing number that is issued to by the IRS, very similar to the social security number. But it doesn't quite work the same way because you don't necessarily have those same benefits that a social security number would give you. um, But it does also provide you access to things like being able to open that banking account or applying for a driver's license in some states. it just kind of creates this general track record of have that you have lived in the United States with with the IRS. So in a nutshell, I feel like that's that's one of those. I'm not going to go any deeper than that um, into it. it could be a whole show in and of itself to talk about these types of things. But I there are just some very interesting differences that. A non-citizen needs to go through and things that they need to have in place before they can come to a financial institution and open an account that a lot of us just take for granted because we typically just have those because we were born here, and we you know, are old enough, and we have that government yeah. issued ID already. like those are all the things that you just don't think about because it's just part of your natural progression as you live here. But there is a lot of people, if you're coming here new to the United States, you have to think about all of these different pieces of documentation you need to have just to get established. Um, and so that's where I'm going to stop talking about it and the boring stuff and let Sherzada kind of talk through what that process was actually like for her setting up an account and getting financially established All right, in the United States.
3: Yeah, so for me, it was, for, uh, I, I didn't have a bank account, not even in my country. So when I came here and I start, I work, joined the workforce, I was encountered with, well, we need your bank account to make you direct deposit. And I was like, well, I don't have that. Where do I get that, <laughs> how that works? Um, and that's when I start my journey to find a, a financial institution where I could open my account. And what, one of the things was, as Jenna mentioned, that I had to uh, get my government issue ID. In this case, for anyone that is not a U.S. citizen, you can provide a passport, um, driver license, well, it has to be from here, a green card or your consular ID. Um, and then I did have back on the time an IT number that, as Jenna mentioned, that's the individual um, in, individual tax payer identification number, and you can get that one either way through the IRS or through your tax advisor. And it's totally free. So, I will highly encourage anyone that does not have a social security number or IT number to apply for one. Um, you have to provide the information to get your, well, your address, either way, any type of bill, like utilities or phone bill or something that has the address of what are you living at. And well, you will need money to fund your account, (laughs) either (laughs) way, cash or check. Um, Most of the financial institutions will ask you to make a first deposit on the moment. So just be sure that you have, you're carrying that with you, because if you do not make that deposit the same day that you open your account, you are technically not opening no account at all. So Mm -hmm. just be sure that you're not making double Trips there. So, um,
1: did you end up making double trips the first time that you I did this?
3: Did not. I have a great husband that thinks ahead of that.
1: Oh, good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, can I back up and ask you a question, Sherzada? You said that you didn't have a banking account in Mexico. So, how was that like? Is that common? for to not have a banking account in Mexico? And then if you come here, is that often something that a lot of people that are immigrating here from Mexico or other um, countries that you're aware of? Is that something that they typically struggle with or don't even think about when they get here?
3: Well, <laughs> I, I will not generalize on that yeah. either, just because everyone has their own ways to do that. Unfortunately, Mexico is not known to have the best banking system. There is is something that you will encounter a lot with the Latin community that even when they have a bank account, they do not leave a lot of money in their bank account. Because in Mexico, money magically disappears from your account. (laughs) Because and when you try to figure out what's going on, there is a lot of, go call this number, go with this person, and they just have you back and forth, and no one knows what happened with your money. Um, so what happens is people get their money, and then it's just, I keep my money cash at home and safe there, which, if you think about it, may mm-hmm. very safer. But when it comes to the United States, I think it's safer to have it living in your account. I think um, I will give—I don't know—five stars when it comes to the United States financial system. Uh, when it comes to that, to keep safe and help people with their finances,
1: and we take it for granted. Uh, when you yeah. when you hear your story about what it's like to deal with a financial institution in Mexico, and oh goodness gracious, so. <laughs> When you came to Southern Minnesota, you said Austin at first, and then Rochester did, did you feel welcomed when you first got here, or did you face you know was it difficult to be accepted at first?
3: it was i i I was feeling welcome until a certain point, as I mentioned. I feel that um prejudice when it comes to when I, once that I joined the workforce there Sadly, even nowadays, there is people that is still will judge you for the fact that you maybe have an accent or maybe that you are not born here or anything uh, that is just if you're not actually a US citizen that look like American, like being, you know, mm-hmm. being what, what people will say, being a white person. Because even if you are a US citizen, or if, even if you are born here, the fact that maybe you look from another country they will still be people that will judge you. We saw that a few years ago when there was so much stuff going on with people that were like, you go back to your country. And people were like, this is my country. I was born and raised here. But it 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 happens. It happens even uh, now to these days. Um, I experienced some of that. One of the uh, cases I remember I had, um, and and it's not that too long ago, I was helping a client over the phone and I was like, just introducing myself. Hello, thank you for calling this place. My name is Xerezada. How may I help you? What? What type of name is that? Put someone that speaks English on the phone. And I'm like, I'm speaking English. Um, (laughs) and, And yeah, there is always gonna be someone that is not that friendly or accepting from an immigrant, regardless of if we are legal or not legal, <laughs> if we are born here or not, or what is the reason that we are here, some people is just not friendly. On that, I aspect.
1: hope it's I hope it's a lot fewer people than I hope it most is. people are, are good. But
3: it is that but, yeah,
1: heartens you, me a little bit
3: you will still find that, which makes me sad. Now I can say it with a smile on my face and remember like, oh, haha, that moment that happened. But on its moment, I was very sad. Did, <laughs> did you
1: notice safety. any... Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Did, you, did you notice any change after you obtained U.S. citizenship? Did that change things for you or was it the same, I guess?
3: Kind of, yes. And... I I will say yes. I found people being more friendlier, and especially from my husband's uh, family side and and even his friends. Um, And even now that we we just came from Mexico, like last week, literally, uh, we traveled there, and you can see on people's face expression when they see a passport that says U.S., you know, like U.S. passport versus another country. In this case, mine was Mexico. Like you can tell, um, like read people's faces when when they see that, and somehow people was even more friendlier, and the process was really really easier now that we travel versus last year that we went to Mexico and they made us make a huge line, and then they were verifying my passport because it was still a Mexican passport. They would keep, keep looking at me, checking again the passport, checking my name. What is your name? Where are you coming from? Where are you going? What are you? How long are you gonna be there? And all these kind of questions that when you have a US passport, it's like, okay, yes, okay, yeah, next, next one. (laughs) And I'm like, what? Oh wow. So yeah, it definitely makes a change. Hmm.
1: All right. Well, we have to take a break. We'll come right back and we'll continue talking with Sarah Jensen, Jenna Tobel as well from Personalized Credit Union. And the topic today is the experience of uh, of an immigrant in our financial system in the United States on Good Money Moves. We'll be back in a moment on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9
0: FM. Good Money Moves continues in moments with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union. This is News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. on October 15th at the Mayo Civic Center. At- Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union on Bronchester's News Talk, 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM.
1: It is Good Money Moves. News Talk, 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Jenna Tobble here along with Sharazada Jensen and talking about the new immigrant experience with the financial systems here in the United States. And I guess, Sherazada, maybe I'll just throw it. Do you have any tips? Maybe five tips uh, five top tips let's we're going to kind of run it short of time so five top <laughs> tips for somebody who's coming to the u.s from another country that would help them out uh, based on your experiences
3: yeah definitely um uh, one of i think one of those tips will be for whoever comes to this country to learn or improve their english it will allow them to communicate with a uh Higher and uh, diverse amount of people, it will allow them to have access to a better job opportunities and will have their life easier to understand everything that comes with paperwork and other things that we have to face on a daily basis. Um, another tip will be to get a bank account, it will make their life easier when it comes to finances. I would hardly recommend having a direct deposit. Um, their money will be safe in their bank account and available to them whenever they need it. They will have, they will save time on waiting lines to cash or deposit their checks. Plus, it's safer than carry cash. Also, another tip will be to have or build a financial plan. They can get these sitting with and or visiting any of their local banks and get informed on what will be the process for that. Um, one of those things will be creating a budget. that way, I think we all at some point of our lives, we have been a paycheck to paycheck. Well, having a budget will allow you to not be living a paycheck to paycheck to build savings for um, emergencies or for something meaningful to you. Another tip will be build credit for people like me that were new to this country or in this moment, I was new to this country. I had no clue what is a credit, how that works, how can I get money? Um, like, we don't know at all. We don't even know how to get a loan at all. So I was not aware that if I wanted to have a loan, I have to get on debt first. So I have to get myself from that hard spot that people, like my husband, he doesn't like to be on debt. Um, so it was just not easy for me to understand why I should have get, for example, a credit card in order to build credit. But then no one was giving me a credit card because I did not have credit. So I was like, how am I supposed to start credit if I don't get a credit card and people like in general, it just was, it was hard for me. So I sat with, um, uh, the person at, at the bank where I have my bank account and they helped me with, on that time was a secure credit card. Um, I'm pretty sure now they have similar products or I will just recommend them. Whoever is listening to this, just go to your local bank and ask, how can you start to build credit? Um, I remember for my husband, when we went to the bank and we were trying to purchase a car, of course, I did not have any credit. I did have, had no clue what was a credit back on the time. And my husband had no credit because, as I mentioned before, he's of the idea that be debt free, if you need something, pay in cash. And then he had a loan like some years ago and once that he paid that off, he never have a credit card or anything else that was able to keep building that credit or maintain the mm-hmm. credit. So all his hard work, hard work paying for that loan was lost because, mm. well, the credit was gone. So now that we needed a new loan, we had to start, to start from scratch. Um, And I will recommend if you are a parent, uh, help your kids to start with that as soon as they're on age and help them monitor credit. I have seen a lot of cases where, and I think we all were on that age where we are like 18, 20 years old and we're like, oh, credit money, let's go spend it. Mm -hmm. And then we realize we don't have the money to pay that back. So. (laughs) Definitely visit your local bank and get all the tips and help that you need. Um, Make your life easier.
1: (laughs) All these tips sound remarkably like many of the shows that Jenna and I have done over the past couple of years.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. This is yeah.
1: (laughs) Well and yeah,
2: and
3: well, building credit will help you to get a loan in the future to either way pay your bills um vacations any type of extra expenses that you may need to cover and you don't have the money on the moment having that credit score will allow you to have access to that you can either way um, also you can get a loan to purchase a car or a house and i truly believe that everything is possible when you are well informed
1: well thanks so much that. i really appreciate you being with us today and telling us your story it's, it's been wonderful so it's- Great information as always. And Jenna, before we run completely out of time, I know you have some places where we can find additional information, some other resources.
2: Yeah, absolutely. As always, I encourage our listeners to visit our website at firstalliancecu.com. You can get subscribed to our blog. We release new financial tips and advice out there every week um, and covering all kinds of topics that Sherzada just mentioned. Um, Of course, the past episodes of Good Money Moves, this show that you're listening to now, you can find those at firstalliancecu.com slash podcast or on krocnews.com. You can also subscribe to Good Money Moves on Apple, Google, and Spotify podcasting services. Um, and of course, if you love our show, please leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform or um, if you have a financial topic or a question that you would like us to cover on Good Money Moves, please send me an email at marketing at firstalliancecu.com. And of course, I strongly encourage our listeners to reach out to our team here at First Alliance Credit Union anytime you have financial questions, um, everything that Sharzada has mentioned today, um, we can help you do all of that. So reach out to us and you can start making good money moves with our hope today.
1: All right. Thank you again, Sharazana and Jenna, we'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. All right. This has been Good Money Moves. Of course, First Alliance Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA and an equal housing lender. Good Money Moves on News talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 AM. This is new.